the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello. Welcome to It's Your Life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley, and I tell you, we got an absolutely fantastic guest today. One of my most favorite people on this earth. I mean, I, I tell you, if you guys been watching any of the commercials that I've been doing lately, you understand that this woman right here, this young lady, is absolutely extraordinary. And I'm just so happy to be able to uh, just be around her and her wonderful family, uh, Stu Lou, her husband. And uh, I'm just so uh, thrilled to be able to call them friends. And uh, we're going to talk about Yes. And Michelle, Michelle is going to tell you a little bit about that because, you know, I can't do anything without bringing on my, my fantastic co-host, Michelle Cooley. You know, so Michelle, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm excited like you about the guests we're having on the show today. Um, a wonderful person, just a, a just a really sweetheart and um, just a, just a beautiful person. You know, when you meet someone, you could just sense and you feel the the, the generosity and kindness in them. That's this person who'll be having as a guest on the show today. So we're really excited about this. We're really excited because, you know, you, you run across people and you, you know they are authentic. And I'm talking about just being around them kind of like lifts you up and just bring joy. When they walk in the room or where, wherever you're at, is you know that you're dealing with an authentic, honest, a beautiful person who cares, who actually cares about everybody she come in contact with. And that's what uh, this guest of ours that we have on the show today. And I know that uh, for those of you who are watching it on TV, I absolutely wonderfully, wherever you're watching this show at, was you're watching on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, all the other uh 16, 17 different live platforms. If you want to be part of the conversation, all you have to do is go to the comments portion of it. Uh, we come to you from StreamYard, and you can ask her any questions uh, that you you might have for her. Or if you just want to come and say, hey, hello to all of us, uh, I'll make sure that I put it on the screen, and uh, we're going to have fun today. Mashiach, first of all, can you tell our, our viewers what the title of the show and the purpose of today's show? Yes, the title of the show today is called It's a Yes for Me. And the purpose of the show is getting to know chaplain and missionary Lisa Stewart. Talk about her history of saying no to the Lord and discuss what she gained by choosing to say yes to the Lord. And talk about what she learned about the Lord herself and others during her journey. Can you please introduce this fantastic guest to our viewers? Yes, Lisa Stewart. 
32 years ago, her husband and Chicago to the beautiful Temecula Valley. They settled into a local church where they served in many capacities. 10 years later, the Lord called Lisa into short-term mission, something she never imagined she would do. In the past 20 years, she has led more than 50 short-term mission trips to countries all around the world for the purpose of helping people find and follow Jesus. She has witnessed the width, depth, and breadth of God's immeasurable love for everyone. She also serves as an ordained chaplain, offering hope to those needing emotional, physical, and spiritual care within their church and local community. While her husband and her love serving their local and global communities, they also enjoy the most sacred privilege of having their children and grandchildren close by. They are now a family of 14 who absolutely love barbecuing, playing, exploring, taking walks, and a vacation together, no matter how loud and crazy it may get. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, welcomes Lisa Stewart to the show. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Wow, what a what an intro for me. I'm so honored. It's so fun here to be with you, JC and Michelle. I've been missing you guys. So good to be here with you. Um, thank you. Thank you for all those kind words. Well, Lisa, you know, we, we've been knowing you guys uh, I, I think about 12 years, almost 12 years, ever since we moved to, to, mm-hmm. to Mecca. You know, I uh, ran across a, a stew and, uh, at the gym, you know, and, uh, you know, that friendship started and got an opportunity to meet uh, you, your beautiful wife, and it's just been absolutely fantastic. Lisa, can you tell our viewers uh, where you uh, grew up and how you and your husband ended up in Temecula, California? <laughs> it's wonderful here. It's wonderful. <laughs> It is wonderful here. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I was born and raised in a suburb of Chicago, Aurora, Illinois. It's about 40 miles west of Chicago. Um, Loved my family. Grew up in a wonderful, wonderful home. Um, And then, uh, you know, we were involved in church, uh, church planting. We had our friends. We grew up there. Stu and I you know, lived there for 30 years. That's where our friends were, our church was, ministry was, everything was great. And then in the middle of the night, the Lord woke my husband up and said, pack up your family and move to California. And I was like, are you sure? Are you sure that's what he said? You know, you think about it, you pray about it. And then he, uh, he went out to California, said, get yourself a ticket and go out there and see if this is really where the Lord has you. And sure enough, it was, he called and said, no, I know that this is where we're supposed to be. So it was difficult. It was extremely difficult to leave everything behind, all that we had known, and step out and move to California. We did. We went to see some friends. We had no idea where to live. What is it? We, we knew nothing about California except for San Bernardino. My husband had a, uh, an uncle that lived there. But we knew of some people that lived in Escondido, and they said, you know, there is this town. Now it's hot. Now, it's hot, but there's a city called Temecula. I think you guys would love it there. And as soon as we drove into Temecula, I told Stu, if you are going to take me away from my family, I can be okay living here in this city. And what a beautiful choice that was. We know it was the Lord that directed us here. So we love Temecula. So thankful that we came all those years ago. Wow. I mean, you stated in your bio that uh, 10 years after you had moved to Temecula, you had this history of saying no. (laughs) I cannot wait uh, to hear uh, about that and how did yes uh, begun to be part of it. And it says 
is a yes for me. Can you can you can you tell our viewers a little bit about that? Oh my goodness! You know, <laughs> um, yes, you know, throughout my adulthood, people were always coming to me and asking, you know, will you lead this? Will you manage this? Can you direct this? Can you be part of this Bible study? Can you teach this? Can you do this? Can you do Bible studies? Can you do, you know, teach in high schools? Oh, my goodness. They're always asking me these things. And I would just say no. My first reaction was always no. And but every time I said no, the Lord would turn it to a yes. He would always do that. I was like, no, Lord, I don't want to do this. But he would continue to work on my heart, change my heart. Every no turned into a yes, everyone. And and I realized later in life, it wasn't, I wasn't saying no because I didn't want to do these things. I was saying no, because I really didn't feel like I was qualified to do these things. Um, I just felt like somebody else would be better at it. Somebody had better skills than I did. Or if I fail in this thing, surely, Lord, there's somebody better than me. Why would you ask me to do this? So I was, no, 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 no. But then the Lord turned everything to a yes for me. So that's why I say, you know what? It has been many years and I understand the faithfulness of God and how he turned those no's into yeses. I finally, probably 10 years ago said, you know what, Lord, I'm changing my answer. My answer is always yes. And even first thing in the morning, when I wake up, I tell the Lord, whatever you have for me today, my answer is yes. So uh, uh, when you first decided to I mean, when the Lord asked you uh, to say, "Hey, you need to do this," mm. when you first start doing the yes, mm-hmm. initially, did it take a little time to get used to the different <laughs> transformation? I mean, from no to yes, or was it just yeah. automatically there from the beginning? And then you know what? It was a challenge. I, it was a challenge, and there are things that the Lord was asking of me that. I continue. I still wanted to say no to, um, for instance, I mean, mission work 10 years, you had mentioned, uh, you know, about, you know, 10 years after we moved to California, the Lord had called me into mission work. This is not something I ever wanted to do. It was such a big no for me. It was such a big no. It was not something, um, I ever considered. I loved, you know, teaching Sunday school and doing things like that, but to go off on a mission field, go internationally, I had no desire to do that. But then, uh, can I tell you a story? Yeah, okay. please, please. I, I mean, <laughs> okay. oh, absolutely. I'm not this. Um, so uh, our church, the church that I belong to, mm-hmm. um, they sent a group of people to Haiti on a short-term mission trip. Again, I had no interest in it. But when they returned home, they were all sitting on the stage and they're talking about their experience. And these were people I knew. These were people up on the stage I knew. And they were just talking about how they had gone to Haiti and how they fell in love with these people, how they fell in love with this country and how they were sharing Jesus. And people were so thankful to hear about Jesus. And they had tears in their eyes. And I, I remember sitting in this little fold-up metal chair. We were just a church startup. And I looked at their faces and I told the Lord, I have served you all of my life. I've done this, 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 this. Even though I said no, you turned it to a yes. And I've done so many things, but my face doesn't look like their face. They were so joyful, so full of the Lord. And I told the Lord that day, sitting there in that metal chair, you do what it takes to make my face look like theirs. 
And it was a couple of weeks later, I was reading in my Bible, Matthew chapter nine, where it talks about Jesus was going about in the villages and towns and he was healing people of their illnesses, their diseases. And then it says there that he, Jesus had compassion on the people because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And I had read that passage. I've been a believer since I was seven years old. I had read that passage. Very changed. Wow. You know, uh, why don't you say that one more time? You heard this and you knew your life was, was, had changed. I knew my life had changed. I could never go back to number one. I couldn't go back to say no to the Lord because I saw how powerful that yes was and how it changed my life. Um, I saw God in ways that I never had. I was walking those fields and seeing those faces, and I fell in love with people. I just fell in love with people. I mean, I liked my friends and my family before that, you know, but a lover of people I was not. And the Lord changed, absolutely changed me. Wow. I tell you, hold that thought. We're going to take a station break, but we're okay. going to get back. And Bethany, Bethany just uh, says, so grateful for you, Lisa. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was privileged to travel, <laughs> you know, but we're going to come back and we're gonna, really going to get off into the mission trips and uh, we're going to get off into a lot of things. So if you want to be part of this great conversation, again, all you have to do is go to the comments and just uh, ask uh, this great lady any question that you want to ask her. Uh, make sure that uh, we get it on the screen. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County AM 1170 San Diego The Answer 
Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. And I tell you, uh, Lisa, the story that she was telling toward the end almost had me choked up. Uh, It's so wonderful. It's so extraordinary when you find out who you are and the purpose that our great Lord and Savior put us here for. And we're able to actually feel and share that with others and uh, you can tell it's not something where I believe, Lisa, is uh, this is some getting paid back on this or that. Because we give joy. We give ourselves. And we don't expect anything in return other than a smile on someone's face uh, that uh, we might have helped. Can, can you uh, tell our viewers a little bit about that a little bit more? Um. Rephrase that question. <laughs> okay, so uh, basically, what I'm saying is, is when we do things, we do it right, from the heart, right? Especially when it, when it's our purpose, right? When God has put that purpose in, and then yeah. we don't know that we are actually uh, doing certain things that bring joy and happiness right. to others. Right. But when we get that smile from the face, or we feel it, we know that mm-hmm. we have reached. Uh, whatever we was put here for to continue to do and continue to bring joy and continue to bring happiness uh, to others. Just like you had mentioned, uh, you, you, you saw this, this joyful smile on someone's face and said, God, uh, can you, can you bring that to me? Can you make me feel that way? And some of the things that you do, and I know you, I, 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 uh, I bet you, you know, you, you get joy when you see others happy. Oh my goodness, yes. Oh my goodness, yes. It drives you. It drives you. It fills you. You know, when you are doing what the Lord has asked you to do, there's a passion there. And when you talk with someone, you share with someone, you pray with someone, you walk with someone, you advise someone, uh, and you see the change in their face, and you know that the Lord is working, uh, there is no feeling beyond that. There is no feeling beyond that. Or you share the gospel with someone in another country and you just see the veil of darkness be lifted from their face and that joy that comes over them. It's absolutely addicting. It's addicting. And you just feel like this is like, you know, like today I am partnering with Jesus to change the world. It sounds so cliche. It sounds so (laughs) weird. It's like, you know, I had a pastor one time that said, you know, you want to partner with Jesus to change the world. And I thought, oh, it's a little hokey, but... It is just so true. And that he would use little old me, little old you, whatever, whatever our background, whatever our skill set, whatever we're gifted in, he's choosing to use us. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that he would choose me, you know. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> Love it. You you mentioned about mission trips. and mm. you, you talk. You, so you've been on about 50 of them. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you talk about some of them and tell uh, our viewers? 
Mm. Uh, about some of the places you, you have went mm. to and have some experiences that you have experienced mm. and some of the joy that uh, you and the group that you was in in that mm. particular mission trip, uh, you got out of it. <laughs> well, you know, I have a truckload of stories. 50 Trips offers a truckload of stories, and there's always many stories even within each trip. There's a few that always stand out to me, and one of them was uh, in Cuba. I was in Cuba, and my daughter, uh, Brittany, had come with me, and uh, our team was assigned to share the gospel, just stop at home, share the gospel with people on the left side of the street, and then another team was to share on the right side of the street. And so her and I and our translator, a couple of nationals, were walking on the left side of the street, as we were supposed to do. But Brittany sees a house on the other side of the street. And she says, Mom, we need to go over to this house. And I said, honey, no, we're assigned to the left side, the left side. Somebody else is going to come around and get that house. And she said, no, Mom, you know, a couple minutes later, no, Mom, Mom, we got to go across the street. Honey, we're staying. We're sticking to the rules. No, Mom, if you're not coming, I'm just going by myself. So I thought, oh, sweetie, I'll come with you. (laughs) And so we brought our translator. We crossed the street. We get up to the house, and I knock on the door, and nothing. Nobody answers. So I kind of knock again. Again, we're waiting, waiting. Nobody comes to the door. I knock again, and a man opens the door. And we said, hey, we're just here to see how you're doing. Can we share some stories with you? Can we talk about Jesus? And he let us in. We sit down, and small talking and I said you know would you like to hear about Jesus and yeah he did so I start sharing the gospel to him and and he would interrupt me kept interrupting me so oh you just chose the perfect day to come well okay whatever that means and I continue to share how Jesus loves us and he offers this forgiveness and then he stopped me again oh this is such a perfect time for you to be here Okay, and so I continue, and I share the full gospel message, and he shouts out, this is what I want. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. So I prayed with him, and oh, again, just that face. He went from being so, he looked hopeless, distraught, and he just, his face, he's a grown man, he starts to cry, and after we had prayed and everything, we're kind of talking to him, and I said, can I ask you, why did you keep saying that this was the perfect time to come? And he said, you know, he said, when I heard the knock on the door the first time, he says, I was in my bedroom getting ready to kill myself. He said, I sat there waiting. And then there was another knock at the door. He said, and you were so persistent that I got up and thought, who is this? And Here he is, a believer in Christ now. And had my daughter not been so persistent right now, Jesus, right now, Mom, right now, Mom, we need to go over there and tell this man about Jesus. And I realized that if we had waited, he would have been gone before that other team would have gotten to his door. So you see the timing of the Lord. You see the love for the Lord. He pursues us relentlessly. He gives us chance after chance after chance. So I just, you know, and it just thrills me how he works. And I was in uh, India. One of my favorite stories, I was in India sometime after that. And I was with a team. We had to go way up into the mountains and share the gospel. We had first shared the gospel in the valleys. 
And when I say share the gospel, we we just sit with these people. We see how they're doing. We talk with them. We care for them. You know, would you like to hear about Jesus? You know, we ask them. We don't push anything on them. And so we had shared the gospel in the valleys. And then we walked up to the mountains. It took us a while to get up there. And we just shared with everybody we came in contact with. And it was a long day. And I had had this one hard-boiled egg and a little half a banana, you know, for lunch. I was starving. I was tired. And I was so thankful that our day was ending. We were coming back down. We were descending down this mountain. But while we were on the mountain, we saw that there was a house down in the valley that we had not gone to. And my translator saw it, and he says, you know, we really should go over and share the gospel. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. My heart was like, no, I don't want to do that. I see the bus in the background. It's going to take us back to the hotel. That's where I want to go. I want to get something to eat. Again, the Lord changed that no, and I knew it had to be a yes. So my translator and I kind of took a left turn, went down the hill, went to the valley. And as we were walking to this house, there's this old woman. She must have been, you know, they look older than what they really are in India. But, you know, she was probably 80. Maybe she was 80 years old. And she is sitting on the middle of our path, just right there in the middle of the path. We're walking this path to go to this house, and she was sitting there. So we came upon her, and, and we said, you know, it seemed odd to me. I said, well, you know, started talking with her. Can I share about Jesus with you? And she said, yes. And I shared Jesus with her, and she wanted Jesus, and she prayed with me. And then she held her hands and started crying, and she's just talking so fast right in my face. And I had no idea what she was saying. I didn't know the language, but my translator told me, he looked at me and said, this woman woke up in the morning and she knew that there were people in her village that were sharing a message about Jesus. And she so badly wanted to hear that message that she chose to just sit down in the middle of this path so that no one would miss her so that she would be sure that we would see her and stop and share the gospel message with her. And I tell you, if I had kept with my no without allowing God to change that yes, we would have missed that moment. We would have missed that God opportunity, that divine appointment. We would have missed that. And she told us before we left, she said, you know, this is my house. It was the house we were going to. So this is my house. She said, but when I go back to my house, I am going to be highly persecuted. My daughter and my family are going to be so angry with me that I may lose my life today. She says, but I know that I'm going to heaven. I know I have Jesus, and that's why I sat down in the middle of the path today. So you see, again, God just, he pursues us. He pursues us. He is not willing that any should perish and just these these stories and these times out and sharing our faith with people who have never heard about Jesus. And you see the smile on that face. And I know that the Lord turned my no to a yes. Come on. <laughs> what better? What better life is this? What better life is this? Mm. Lisa, mm. this is so powerful. Uh, what uh, the, the stories that you're sharing uh, with us. Uh, our viewers, it's so powerful that I believe that more folks should also uh, change their nose 
to yes, because we don't know sometimes uh, what the Lord purpose for us may be. And we're so used to a lot of us are saying no to everything and we will not give ourselves an opportunity or a chance to go out and do the Lord's work because uh, we worried about what happened yesterday and day before yesterday and, 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 and et cetera. But the stories that you're telling, especially the one where that guy was getting ready to take his life, the Lord knows, I believe, is the exact time uh, that he wants us to say yes and go out and do that, even when we think that it might not be a reason or doesn't look like it might be a reason for us even going to this house or that house. Mm-hmm. And we get there, and then we understand exactly mm-hmm. what the Lord wanted us to do because of what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that a couple more minutes? Because yes. I'm deep into it. <laughs> and um, after two minutes, we're going to take a break. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a little bit over, but I, I want to hear some more about that. Exactly, exactly. You know, um, like I said, I always said no because I didn't feel like I was equipped uh, for the work that the Lord was asking me to do. You know, I, um, I had a, my my sister and my brother-in-law were missionaries called to the mission field. They were missionaries in Brazil for 20 years. They're still stateside missionaries now. I was so thankful, so thankful that the Lord had called them to be the missionary. That was not something that I thought I wanted. And when the Lord really called me into this, um, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. You're going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to be awkward. I had no experiences with this. I had no real education about this. I was not some super spiritual Christian person. I was just little old me, just little old me. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. You get to these other countries. You don't know anything. You don't, you've never been there. You've never seen these faces. You don't know that culture. You don't know these streets. You don't know how to use the restrooms. You've never eaten their food. There's so much about it that you don't know. But it is your faith in Christ. You have to step out whether you know what you're walking into or not. The Lord Lord calls you. You've got to step into it. You've got to be brave. You just have to because you know what? There is reward waiting for you that you cannot fathom. There are blessings that overflow. You say yes to Jesus, no matter what craziness he is asking you to step into. He's there for you. And he's the one that created you. He knows everything about you. He put those desires in your heart. He gave you what you were going to need for this day and that day and that day. For everything he's asking you to do, he has equipped you fully, fully equipped you for. So you just have to relax. Just go for it. You know, I'm the kind of person I wanted all my ducks in a row. I want to know what's going to happen at step number two. What's going to happen at step number three. What's going to happen here. What's going to happen. And the Lord showed me, you give me one step. You give me one step. That's all I did. I gave him one step. I said, yes, that's it. And he did the rest. Hold that message. We have to take a station break, but I cannot wait. To return from this break, I think I might shorten the break on purpose so I can, so I can uh, get some more of this uh, that Lisa's putting out. So if you want to be part of this great conversation, go to the comments on whichever uh, mechanism streaming network that you are watching this uh, the show on, and just uh, ask her any questions that you want, 
Uh, I need some questions, so somebody help me out. Come and ask her some questions, and I'll make sure that uh, she see it, everybody see it, and uh, that you get your answers. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There's much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gift of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm Todd Pyrrhic, the producer of The James Cooley Show. It's your life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen for anyone who thinks they're stuck in life or needs to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to become an overcomer because a bigger, better, and more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon or wherever books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley, and I tell you, um, Lisa, you are absolutely wonderful. <laughs> You're talking about some of the things, uh, you know, for us mission trips uh, and uh, some of the folks that you meet and some of the ways that uh, you touch them and they touch you. Um, it's incredible. You know, so uh, I want to pick it back up with that. But I tell you, if you want to be part of this great conversation again, if you want to ask her any question, just go to your comments and uh, authorize uh, StreamYard to be able to show your picture. Um, and uh, you can ask her any question you want to. Lisa, mission mm-hmm. trips. I know it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of preparations mm-hmm. uh, for certain type of mission trips. And on certain type of mission trips, I guess uh, the group have some type of understanding what they mm-hmm. might want to prepare for mm-hmm. with a lot of them. And the others you might not. Can you tell us uh, what is a preparation for mission trips that you, some of the preparation that you need to do for mission trips and some of the things that you all do on the mission trips uh, during the time that uh, you on these wonderful journeys? Yes. Um, there is a lot of preparation. This is not easy. You know, you're not going to take a group of 15, 20 people across the world and expect that they're going to fly on their own and be just fine. 
There's a lot of preparation. There are there is training. I do cultural training. You know, we don't realize in America that so much of what we do is just culture for us. And you go to another country and it is not their culture. Um, you know, just the sound of our voice and how we may shake our hand with a man or a woman or when you stand, which there's so much culturally how they respond to people. Um, so we go through some cultural training first, depending on what country we're going to. Um, and then we we do training like, for instance, you know, we rent cars in some of these countries and we have to pack in, you know. So I'll set up a, a faux uh, vehicle with a couple of seats in the front, a couple of seats in the back. And I'll have people, okay, so, you know, let's get a translator and your team member and let's get in the car. We sit in the car. Okay, well, there's a couple other people from the church that want to join us on this trip, so let's get in. And so we're, we've got four chairs and all of a sudden we're crammed in. Well, we need another five or six. And so by the time you have 10 or 11 people packed in this tiny little compact car, they get it. You know, the countries are different. And sometimes you have one car and you got packed in and squeezed together. So there's simple things, simple things like that. Um, you know, what to bring, what not to bring and uh, raising money and how to do that and how to share the gospel. What do you say when you come up with somebody? What do you what do you say? You know, and everybody's different. We also do uh, different types of trips. So some are evangelistic kind of trips that we're working with church pastors in that country and we're helping him to share the gospel, teaching his parishioners how to share the gospel. We do medical clinics where we have just a lot of sick that come in and we have doctors that we bring with us. We have eyeglass clinics, you know, people don't, we bring boxes and boxes of eyeglasses and, and we fit people, we give them little eye tests and we give them glasses. These things are huge to somebody in these other countries, just huge. And, can I tell one story about an eyeglass clinic? Please. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here. I mean, I, I'm loving your story. So by all means. Well, you know, <laughs> it, it triggered for me. I went to, we did a team, took a team to Ethiopia. And uh, we were going to do, we were going to set up an eyeglass clinic, which is what we did. We set it up over there in the neighborhood where, you know, there's a couple of pastors. Said, Would this be a great place to put this eyeglass clinic? And, and the point is, we want to offer something to these people. We want to show our love and concern for them in tangible ways. But we also want to share the gospel. And so we were fitting these people for eyeglasses. They were so thankful. And then um, before our day was finishing, I mean, we still had half a day left. Uh, these Orthodox priests, Ethiopian, Ethiopian Orthodox priests came to where we were sharing the gospel. We had the eyeglasses also sharing the gospel. It's gorgeous. So here are these very stately looking men and they came to us and they told us, they were angry with us. They were angry that we were sharing the gospel. It was fine that we were giving out eyeglasses, but they were so angry that we were also sharing the gospel that they were overturning our tables and they were saying, get out, just get out, get your team, gather up your stuff, just get out. So we're gathering up our things. Well, the Ethiopian priest found our boxes of Bibles. We had brought these little New Testament Bibles. They found these boxes that we had, and before we could load them back up on the bus, they took them. There were several priests, maybe five or six of them, and they went out into the front yard of this place where we had set up for the eyeglass clinic, and they just started tearing up, just 
tearing at these Bibles. I had never seen anyone tear a Bible. Let me tell you, it's like a spear through your heart. And they were tearing them up and tearing them up and just tearing them to pieces, throwing them across the yard, throwing them everywhere. And I had gotten on the bus for safety because I just thought, these guys are really angry. I'm sitting on the bus waiting for the rest of our team. I was so angry. And I said, Lord, look what they're doing. How can you allow something like this to happen? Don't you see these pages all over the place? And I said, Lord, show me what you're doing here. What are you doing? And just then I looked out at the bus and there was a young man, teenagers, young 20s. And he was leaning up against the wall, the building that we were in. And he had a page, just one page of the Bibles that had been torn up. He had found a page and he grabbed it. And then just as I noticed him, a great wind picked up. These pages were flying everywhere, all over the place. They're flying over the fence, past the street, into the yards of these people. And it took me a minute, and then I realized, oh, Lord, you didn't allow us to put these Bibles into the hands of these select people who were here for our eyeglasses. You allowed your pages, your word to be blown all over the neighborhood. So here are these Ethiopian Orthodox priests thinking they were going to stop the word of the Lord from spreading by tearing up these pages. But everyone that afternoon was going to find some page from the word of God in their yards. It went so much further than we could ever imagine. And it's like sometimes you don't understand what God is doing. And we, you know, he showed me right then, but maybe it could have been a long time. We, we get involved in things. We think, Lord, I know you called me to this, but this doesn't look right. This isn't the result I was asking for. This, this angers me. This is, you know, we don't understand the ways of the Lord. His ways are so much higher than ours. Sometimes he explains it to us. And I tell you, I was so thankful that, I mean, my anger went from, you know, I just want to, you know, who are these people doing this? To just laughter, just that Holy Spirit laughter as I watched all these pages flying into the neighborhood. There was no way, no chance that these priests were going to be able to pick up every single paper that had flown. So anyway, that's a story. So it was an eyeglass clinic that we were doing. We do several different things. We've put in water wells. We've worked in schools. Um We've trained, we do youth conferences, lots of different things. We pray before we go to these countries. And these countries are asking for us. We're not just going in and saying, here we are, you know, we're taking over. These countries have leaders and wonderful Bible-believing Christian men and women that contact us and ask us, can you come? And we ask them, what do you need? What What do you need? Sometimes they need something else. Sometimes they, sometimes they need chickens. You know, we do chickens in Ethiopia. You know, we, we provide chickens for people. Sometimes they need all sorts of things. So uh, whatever the need is, and we just go in and we try to meet their physical need and their spiritual need. God shows up, I tell you, every single time, whether, you know, sometimes our plans have been derailed and we've gone to a whole different place that we hadn't even prepared for, but we realized, well, this is where God had intended at the beginning. So part of the preparation we were talking about is preparing to be flexible. You know, things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. 
And when you get to these countries and you don't know nothing about this country, you don't know these people, you don't know, and you're so far out of your comfort zone, you have to rely on the Lord. He is faithful. He is trustworthy. He, his work is going to be done. It's absolutely going to be done. You don't need to question. So, you know, whether you're timid or thinking, I could never do this. I thought the same thing. I could never do this. And now I have truckloads of the stories of the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness. Step out. Step out. Prepare yourself. And you know what I tell everybody? If you are a Bible-believing, born-again Christian man or woman, you need to have a passport. You need to have a passport. Because someday the Lord's going to call you, and you need to be ready. And you you got to be ready to say yes. Yes. <laughs> you have to say yes. I'm loving it. So <laughs> Your first step. You got uh, Bethany here that says uh, thank you. Because she had the privilege mm. of traveling with you through ah, uh, Ecuador. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, mm. but everything that you're saying is so powerful mm. right now uh, that we're going to take a st- quick station break, but we got to come back. We got to get some more of this. We got to get <laughs> some more of this. So I tell you, we're going to take a station break. If you want to be part of this great conversation, uh, when we get back, this is our last segment. Uh, wish we had more. Uh, all you do is just write in on the comments, ask the questions, and at uh, least we'll answer the questions. We will be back shortly after the break. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County AM 1170 San Diego The Answer 
Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to James Cooley Show. It's your life. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I love listening to these stories that Lisa is sharing with us because she takes you into it and you can kind of like feel yourself being a part of it, you know, or how she explained that, uh, especially um, when uh, she mentioned about her being angry about the people tying up the Bible. And next thing you know, the Lord had other plans. He was going to get that that scripture in the folks' hands anyway. So thank you so much for sharing that story right there, Lisa. And uh, just like I I, I uh, mentioned to you all, if you want to be part of this great conversation, now just uh, go to the comments and ask this great lady, young lady, any questions that you might have for her. You know, Lisa. I, I want to talk a little bit. I know you're, you're a chaplain mm-hmm. and you go around the place, you go to hospitals, you, you do a, a lot of things as relate to that. Uh, can you tell our viewers a, a little bit about that and bring them into that picture? Sure, sure. Um, you know, uh, once COVID hit, international travel was extremely difficult. And I just didn't want to take the risk of taking teams to other countries. And, um, you know, the break was nice. I just had some extra time with the Lord. But I remember one morning saying, Lord, I feel underutilized. Now, what can I do? What can I do here in my own community? And I was talking to a couple of my mentors. And um, they both really encouraged me to get involved in chaplaincy. And I had never really thought about that before and didn't really even know what it was about. And so... I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to kind of look this up. I went home uh, after meeting with them, opened my computer, chaplaincy, chaplaincy, just kind of figuring it out. And the more I started learning about this, I just thought this is, <laughs> i got to do this. I have to do this. This is, this is not going to be a no. I'm going to say yes. Okay, I'm going to say yes. I had said no previously to it, and it came back up again. And so this time I was just really drawn to it. I didn't know what it all involved, but I, um, I started taking courses. I took some courses at the police station up in Riverside. You take lots of critical incident stress management courses, how to deal with stressful people who are going through stressful times, a crisis, a, you know, trauma, all of that, started learning all of that and, uh, and just went through several courses and became an ordained chaplain. Now, again, this was not my comfort zone because I'm learning how to talk with, be with people who have been traumatized and going through a crisis. I had always avoided those kind of people because I didn't know what to say. That wasn't my life. How am I going to speak into their life when they're going through this? So it was just crazy that here I was taking this chaplaincy course, became an ordained chaplain. It's like, okay, Lord, now what do I do with this? I knew in my own community, right here in Temecula, People were going through all sorts of things. People were living in fear from COVID and, you know, people were dying. People had loved ones who had died. People are afraid of sicknesses. People, people had lost their jobs. And then, oh my goodness, stores were closing down. There was so much going on within my own community. I thought, I want to be a chaplain here. 
And I had been uh, volunteering at a, uh, a nonprofit organization called Community Mission of Hope. That's in Temecula. It's one of the largest food banks that we have. I'd already been volunteering my time there as kind of a grunt worker, which I love to do. But I called them, I contacted them and said, hey, I've become an ordained chaplain. Could you use a chaplain here at Community Mission of Hope? And they teared up and said, we've been praying for that very thing. So it's like, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. And what that meant was that all the clients, the customers, the people that are coming in the lines for food every week, they drive in two two different lines side by side. They're in their cars and we put their food into their their trunks. We fill them up with food. And so now what my job was, I was going to talk with these people. I was going to just, you know, what's your story? How can I help you? Can I pray for you? Oh my gosh. It totally changed the face of everything we were doing over there. People are crying. I've never been prayed for before. I've never heard about Jesus before. How can, you know, and they want to tell their story, maybe 15 minutes. I've been hurt. I've been traumatized. I've been this. You know, my husband left me. I lost my job. I've, I've got all these illnesses. So many things. There's hopeless people. There's homeless people. There are people that have just been kicked out of their home. They, they have so many stories. I've never heard such a thing before, but person after person, I get to listen to their stories. I get to love on these people. I get to pray with them. It has changed everything and to see their faces and to know, I mean, there are people who have never been prayed for, never, never knew this. They're not even, they don't even know who the Lord is. I said, let me pray for you. And they just, I felt something when you prayed and they got tears in their eyes and you know, there was the first time they felt a touch from the Lord a touch from Jesus at that moment and they grow and then I get to see them every week same ones every week oh I have built so many friendships with people that had never been in my circle before I would not have been involved in their lives apart from this chaplaincy that the Lord told me to step into and I walked in and my joy is overwhelming my cup is full so I love 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 being a chaplain Tell our, our, our listeners a little bit about uh, your visits to the hospitals. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, but there is this. I, you know, I've been to, you know, a couple of visits and things like that. But um, my nephew had contacted me one night right as I'm getting into bed. And he says, my wife's uncle just had a major stroke. He's not expected to live. He's in a hospital in San Diego. Do you know of a chaplain nearby? He knew I was a chaplain. Do you know of a chaplain in San Diego? It's like, forget about knowing a chaplain in San Diego. I will go. I will go and I will visit with your uncle. And that was our conversation. So I went to bed that night. I said, Lord, I know nothing about this uncle. Share something with me. What do I need to know about this uncle who is about ready to die? And the Lord, in the stream, he told me the man's name is Dale, and he is not prepared for his destination. That was it. That's all I knew. I woke up. So I'm driving down to the hospital to meet this man. He can't even talk. He can't speak. He's unresponsive. I call my nephew and say, tell me more about this guy. And he says, well, his name is was something else, like Richard, but he goes by the name of Dale. Okay, the Lord told me that. And he said, and he's not a Christian man. He's not a believer. It's like, okay, the Lord told me his name is Dale, and he is not prepared for his destination. So I went to this hospital completely out of my comfort zone. It was just weird for me. I don't know this person. Went into the hospital room. His brother was there, and, and I just walked up to Dale, and I said, listen, I know nothing about you. 
I don't know anything about you, but Jesus does. And he told me your name is Dale. And he told me you're not ready for your destinations. I am going to share Jesus with you. I know you're in that hospital. You've got regrets from your life. You need to be forgiven for things. I know that's what you're thinking, even though you can't speak it. So I talked with him for an hour and a half. I said, let's pray together. And I prayed for him. And I said, Dale, if you are feeling this in your heart, if you understand these things, just pray with me. When we were finished with this prayer, his face, it was so so different. And his brother said, look at all the muscles in his face were relaxing. His body was relaxed. He hung it on my hand. He just hung onto my hand. His whole body was relaxed. And I knew he was at peace. And I knew that the Lord had delivered him at that ninth hour. I knew it. And I walked out of the hospital and I was just so thankful that God had given me that opportunity. Dale did die a week later. He died a week later. But had I not said yes to that opportunity, it's awkward and weird as it just felt to me. I've never spoken with a man that can't speak back. I've never been in that situation. But God came through, and I can tell you that man is with the Lord today. I know it. I know it. Wow. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. So powerful. Please put out your last couple of minutes of the show. Oh. Uh, so if mm-hmm. possible, can you tell our viewers and our listeners three takeaways mm-hmm. from this absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. interview that we have and that you it's a must that they understand. So we got, you got one minute. To do okay. That. One minute. Here's the first takeaway. Say yes. Just say yes. You don't have to know where you're going, what you're doing. You don't have to know. You know that God is with you. He's absolutely with you. He will come through for you. So you say yes. Number two, prepare your heart for it. You ask the Lord, okay, change my heart. Change my heart. I want to do these things. And remember, God has equipped you for every good work. He has equipped you. Don't you disqualify yourself. I disqualified myself for so many years by saying, no, don't disqualify yourself. You walk with the Lord one step. One step is all you need to know. Do one step, one step. Thank you so much, Lisa. I got to have you back on the show. I tell you, so I want everybody to always dream big, think big, and be big. We will have Lisa back on the show. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cool. We'll be back the same time tomorrow, same time, same place. It's your life. Thanks for joining us for the James Cooley Show. It's your life. To learn more about Dr. James Cooley and how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been It's Your Life with Dr. James Cooley, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big in everything you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.